hath believed our report. And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteem him not. Lord, how excellent is your word in all the earth. Your truth endured for all generations. Bless this service. I pray in Jesus' name. You may be seated. If you read the paper yesterday in the week of this week, we made a little ad in the paper that beauty is deceiving. They say, what are you going to preach on a day like this? It says, I'm going to preach that beauty is deceiving. Beauty is deceiving. Tell the person beside you, beauty is deceiving. <laughs> Don't be fooled by it. <laughs> but uh, the Bible is clear in the word that Jesus, and how I know this is Jesus, because the Bible said there was an Ethiopian one day coming from Ethiopia, come all the way across the desert to go to church in Jerusalem and he was going home disappointed because he had not had his question answered while he sat in the chariot reading the Bible said in chapter 8 the spirit of God spoke to an evangelist called Philip the Philip there's a guy out there there's a eunuch he couldn't go in the temple because he's a, he's a Gentile and he don't belong to the kingdom of God because he's a eunuch and all the cultures were against him, but he's hungry for God. Will you please go there and join yourself to him? He need a teacher. Somebody to explain to him what he's reading. I'm so glad he didn't ask for Greek and Hebrew, or hermeneutics, or exegesis. I'm glad he didn't ask for lexicon, or some other higher or lower criticism. He says, send him a preacher. If you're ever going to understand the word of God, you're going to need a preacher in your life. Now you can read on your own, but God says, faith comes by hearing preaching, not by reading. You can read and have more questions than answer. But preaching is to elucidate, explain and get, bring revelation, divine illumination. God wants to unfold the drama of redemption of his word to you by preaching. And that's God's method, not by political correctness or philosophy of men, but God chose to talk to you by a preacher. And if you're ever going to be saved, there'll be a preacher that preached to you. As they preached the word on their Pentecost, 3,000 responded. It was preaching that brought them into being. And Jesus Christ was a preacher. He preached in the world. And so he said, join yourself to this man. And so he ran, I suppose, 
uh, Philip Ben Johnson looked like nothing and Mr. Bolt looked like nothing because he outran Ethiopian chariots and caught him in the highway somewhere. Now those, Egypt, those Ethiopians were using Arabian or maybe Egyptian horses. They're pretty fast. So that's how a man of God and his anointing cannot run anything. Hallelujah. He's anointed he's running because the mission and the king's business require haste. He caught up with him and said, Hey, do you know what you're reading? I like the man humility. He confessed, How can I? Except some man teach me and show me what it means. And the Bible says he was reading this very scripture. That's why I believe in my King James Version Bible. Amen. It read exactly today as it read yesterday. He was reading Isaiah 53 and he asked the eunuch, I mean, asked the preacher, who does he speak, himself or another man? And the Bible says he preached to him Jesus Christ. So that's to settle this right now, Isaiah 53. It's about Jesus Christ. That's whom he preached. Didn't preach himself or philosophy or some philosophical scientific theology. He preached the word. And when the word is preached, it becomes flesh inside of you. Praise God. And the Bible says that he preached to him. He came to a body of water and said, see, here's water. Why? And why can I get baptized like it was back then? I suppose Philip told him about the baptism in Jerusalem and Samaria. He said, why can't I be baptized like they were? He said, you can if you believe. Because if you don't believe, you should never get baptized if you don't believe. You just get wet, honey. You better take a bath or sun a bath somewhere else. Because you cool down a dry sinner and you come back a wet sinner. Amen. The young man told it today. Forgiveness was given in the Old Testament, but not remission of sins. And remission of sins can only be accomplished by the name of Jesus Christ. There's no other name given among men whereby we can be saved. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You bow now or you bow later, but you're going to bow anyhow. Hallelujah. You deal with a sin question an hour later. Sin follow you or sin go before you. You choose which one you want. That's for me in my heart. I know what I've chosen already. I send my sin on. Praise God to judgment. But the Bible says he talked about Jesus Christ. My point today is about beauty. Nothing about Jesus is attractive. The only time people were attractive to Jesus when he gave them handouts bread loaves fishes heal their sick body but the moment he start preaching the moment he start teaching mankind closed their eyes shut their ears and want to push him off the cliff they just don't like his doctrine they don't like his teaching they're not attracted to this commandment. And the Lord says, you're going to love me because I'm handsome. Now, if you're ugly, learn for politics. You will not be voted on. If you're ugly, instead of politics, because you went one vote. Amen. But if you're ugly and want to be voted on, get a, a tummy tuck and a, 
make over. Otherwise, you will not receive one vote. People love that which is handsome, attractive, beautiful. And so the Bible says that this he had no form or visage of beauty. In fact, the Bible says in the verse above that, that in verse 13 and 14 of the 5th and 2nd chapter, that his visage was so marred. And the only way I can make you understand what marred means, visage being marred and disfigured, is by telling what happened more than once because of Eastern belief system. I read and I've seen in magazine also, beyond those other points, where this beautiful lady, very attractive, they show you the before, how she's pretty. She's married to this guy, and for some reason they're having a, a disruption in their relationship. And he was determined, if I can't get you, nobody else will. So he came up with a plan and a program to make sure she never belonged to another person but him. He went and bought some acid. The worst kind. And sneaked in her house and when she was not expecting him he took that solution and tossed it right in her face. What he accomplished, he marred her visage. When you look at the before and after, every kid in this place will be scared to death of that woman. Just looking at the aftermark of what he did to her. They had to fight to save her life. Her eyes were disfigured. Her face was eaten up, chewed up with acetic acid. Whatever I said, they used it on her. I mean, she was a living dead. A living corpse. But the ultimate goal was, I'm going to make sure that she has no beauty that any man will see her and desire her. I'm going to mar her so much that she would be undesirable by the opposite sex. And the way he's going to do it was to destroy and mar her visage. That she had no longer any beauty anymore. Now that's not a story I'm telling you. It happened more than once. Men have done that. Wicked men. Ungodly men. Men with their heart to women. Her scalp was gone. Her hair disappeared. Eyebrow disappeared. Her eyes distorted. Her, her lips, her teeth could be seen. The twirling of her flesh. Plastic surgery couldn't even make her look acceptable. She was not to be desirable anymore by any man. She was, for life, undesirable with an unpleasant look. I'm sure she wouldn't want to see her picture before because it would be too hard to take for human emotion to put up with. 
Now, if that don't move you, you cannot be moved, but it does did happen more than once. It has happened. Now, please, you men, I'm not giving you a recipe for a bad wife. Don't do it. There's a God to answer to later on. You will have to answer to him if that's your action. But he marred her so much. And it's in that light I want you to understand what the scripture is saying. I read in Ezekiel chapter 28. It tells me about a contrast in picture here. In Ezekiel 28 it says that there's a guy called the anointed cherub. The Bible says he was perfect in beauty. Verse 12, chapter 28 of Ezekiel. Perfect, put together. Many girls get deceived by men that know how to dress the part, look the part. Also men get deceived by girls who know how to dress the part, look the part, and capture this guy for life. Amen. And so, he was perfect in beauty. Everything like nature was just nice to him. He was all put together. And the Bible says he was in the Garden of Eden. But if you read the next verse on, it says he was corrupted by his beauty. His beauty corrupted him. Now, you know, uh, Hollywood does not want you once you start acquiring, you know, road, road, road streaks in your face. Once you start getting, you know, markings of uh, racetrack across your, your brow and all that, they don't want to see you. They want to see you young and and your skin just perfect, and your teeth just white as snow, and your hair just just awesome, everything in place. Sure, they want you then, but you don't see them when they get turned AIDS on the screen anymore. The silver screen don't want you. They don't want you when you are desirable. They want you when you're attractable. And they use those pictures to lure the world into their system. Learn them in the magazine. The girls they use for pornographic pictures are good-looking girls, the best sometimes they can find, and pay them thousands because they can't throw their calls with an ugly girl. <laughs> you can't sell your car with an ugly girl standing beside it. Everybody gonna buy it. <laughs> They're gonna <laughs> be gone from it. You find the best looking girl with the finest of legs. Not some shriveled up tomato legs. You've been on a cruise, you wish some folks would go hide behind a, a cover. My Lord, they got nothing to reveal. All they have should be concealed. But they show their <laughs> leftovers of life. He wanted, my God, I wish I had their boldness. I'll be positive and assertive. But he had no beauty. In other words, you're not going to attract it to Jesus. Now I know the world draw a beauty effeminate Jesus in pictures. Nice looking, you know, almost blonde hair, blue eyes. Debonair Jesus. It's not true. It's not true. It's designed only to attract you to their philosophical thinking. That's not him. I'm going to tell you, not only was he ugly, 
His 12 guys must have been even more ugly because they couldn't figure out who was Jesus. That's how bad the picture was. They couldn't figure out which one was Jesus. So see, Jesus attracts ugly people. One girl one time she come here and she was witnessing and she figured, boy, I can't witness so and so. Can they come? To, she's too pretty to come to our church. I said, girl, talk for yourself. Don't speak for us. Hello, Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm the most handsome guy in the world since God made bread. the right to lie to myself if I want to. Not your business. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but the Bible said, when you see Jesus, you wouldn't be attracted to him. You'd, you'd walk away from him. He said, oh, no, 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 no. Scary. Why? It's not that Jesus Christ couldn't come looking beautiful. He want you to be attracted for the right reason. Don't love me for my money. Don't love me for my healing. Don't love me for what I can give you. But love me for who I am. And that's what he's doing. Now, why was Jesus so ugly and unattractive? The devil is always beautiful. The devil can plant you know, you a nice, beautiful rose. And, hello, everything the devil does is beautiful. Everything he does is nice and pretty and cute. But it's not true. When you all get on the inside of it, friend, it's hollow. But the Lord had no beauty. I'm going to tell you why. Because he carried my sins and yours as a badge of shame. One guy told me in my workplace, a ugly guy, I took him for dinner with my wife, a fellow engineer, and he said to me one day, he says, He's born again, at least he could come back looking better than the way he looked. <laughs> well, God didn't born again my flesh. He born again my heart. Amen. He born again my spirit. Yeah. Hello. Amen. Because you see, even though that woman was marred and her vision was disfigured, she did not change. Her character was still intact. The real her was on the inside was not the skin deep look she was still a woman of character a woman of virtue a woman that should be loving that's how Jesus is you got to get on the inside of Jesus and realize he's altogether lovely not just looks because looks is going to disappear I've got pictures when I was young and now that I'm old I got my choice I'd rather live in the land where you never grow old I used to have hair, you know. My, my wife says, I don't want to marry a guy that don't have a bald head, and so I, I deceived her. I married her with my hair. I didn't tell her the years are coming when we'll all be gone. Now she's stuck with a bald headed boy. Hello? Didn't like fat guys. I know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I got the balls. I can't see my shoe. Look, pretty hard to see. <laughs> Time is a way of changing things. But you serve a God that changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But our sins disfigured him. Our guilt he bore. Our sins marred his visage. And our shame he wore. He had no beauty 
because of what we did to him that anybody should desire him uh, I must tell you this when we were kids and the special food in the Caribbean that we love and when we get food and eat at the table we have a little custom you know uh, the best we get for the last and we got we got cunning brothers and sisters who are pretty crooked you know <laughs> and, and they'll turn the lights off and stick their fork in there pull the thing away when the light come back on it's gone <laughs> So what, to, to ensure no one gets it, we spit on it. <laughs> if you're going to eat it, we spit all over it. They won't want after that. Hello. But we, we, you know, we messed up Jesus so much that he had no beauty left in that we should desire him. Our sins chastised him. Our sins wounded him. You hear me, church? And we destroy his Comeliness. Now, the Bible says he bore my sorrow and my grief. I have a friend right now that's going to end the next week. Every time I talk to him, he depreciated himself before the Lord. He said, Brother Neil, I really said, we like sheep on astray. He said, in the Jewish system, we weren't sheep. We're just dogs. But Jesus Christ came so low that we could bruise him. That we could put straps on him. That we could nail him as a plank wood. That we could hang him as a curtain. And we could strip him of his dignity. And make a public spectacle of him. And hear him still praying. Father forgive them. For they know not what they do. I saw a picture one time. It left an impression on me. I never forget it. There's a house on fire. And this house was burning. And they showed you in the picture. The cat get her little kittens out. She went back in and get everyone out, and the last one, she died trying to save all of her kittens. That's what happened to Jesus. That's what the writer's saying. That bruising, that that wounding, that crying. He's not crying for himself. But in the garden praying and sweat falling off him, it's not because he's a coward. He said, I could have called legions of angels. He could have, and maybe he should have. But we wouldn't have been saved. Hello? He didn't have to drink that cup. But he chose to drink it. He didn't have to walk that road. And that's why in this church, we don't want a second Calvary. The first one was enough. And there don't need to be another Calvary. Amen. And when we abandon Jesus, we abandon the one who was oppressed for us. That was lacerated, wounded. 360 straps on the back of one man. I thought to myself, how cruel can men become? That they put 360 straps on a man who would not even retaliate. In the dog culture, when one dog's going to win and this one gives up, he just turns his back and puts his dog one up and they stop fighting. Well, they kept on beating till every blood came out of his side, out of his hand. They put on his brow, amen. They tell me four inches uh, a thorn and ram it on his head and say, Hail Jesus! Here we are today in church 
Talking about Christ Jesus. Don't you know he broke down walls and partitions that we might enter into the commonwealth of God's Israel? Don't you know he took down the, the stronghold of Satan that we might be free? Somebody paid for this. Salvation is not free. It costs somebody something. And that person is Jesus. Nailed to a cross. Now the cross is not very attractive to people. I believe many people make murder love Jesus Christ, but they will not love his doctrine. Hello. Hello. And he said, Look, if you're going to come up to me, you have to take me across. Now, once you mention cross to a new convert, they said, Bye bye, Jesus. The young ruler says, If I had to do all that to have eternal life, thanks, but no thanks, Jesus. He's gone. Hello. But he became a man to redeem us. He's saying that he doesn't want the blood of bulls and goats and heifers. I want the blood of a, re a redeemer. That means somebody that related to us. And so he came by way of humanity that he may have blood amen to set us from profanity and gave his force as a veil. His blood as a testament and his death as a hope. Thank God, if for this life alone we have hope without Jesus, we're miserable men. But Jesus Christ, now oh, I'm so attracted by this thief on the cross. Here is Jesus Christ, battered, wounded, chopped up, beaten up, looked like hamburgers, almost like meat ground up in a thing. And I said to myself, Lord, what on earth did that thief saw at that moment? That he could raise up his head. Because those thieves weren't whipped as he was. He was whipped beyond measure. Like no other man. You know why? Because he's a sin offering. He's God's scapegoat for us. My sins are on Jesus. I said my sins are on Jesus. Amen. And the serpent. Amen. Rod. That he became a serpent is for me. He became sin who knew no sin. Now which of you would pay my debt for me if I had one? But he paid a debt he didn't owe. Amen. Because you owe a debt you couldn't pay. Jesus Christ disgraced on that cross. Everybody's mocking him. And I believe the hardest pain he ever felt was where are those that I've been good to? He probably looked in the crowd and saw those he healed. The blind eyes he opened. The deaf that he unstopped. I'm sure he saw the lepers, but not one speaking his defense. Justice was denied. He, Jesus Christ brought no accusation. He chose to become the scapegoat to take my sins away. And the thief looked at him and said, Lord, remember thou me when you enter into your kingdom. Was that mockery or was that real? It was real. It was real. And that's all he's asking you in return. In recognition. Jesus Christ said, when you have the communion, remember my death. Remember how I suffered for you. That cat laid down his life to save his kittens. And that's only the animal kingdom. What about God? If the animal would not let his young die and perish, what about God? Who made you and me in his own image? 
Why would he leave you in the wrath to come? But he said, I looked for a man. I couldn't find a man. And he sought and wondered. He said, I'll become that man. Jesus Christ is not some second person in some God. It is your God who come to save you. Behold your God. He come to deliver you from the great sentence of death. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He's my sin offering. He's my trespass offering. He's my peace offering. And so I can say it's all in him. Oh, hallelujah. Hey, he had no beauty. I'm not in this church because of the building. I'm not here because I love the preacher. I'm not here because of the handout. I'm here because my sins are remitted. I am free from my sins. Oh, hallelujah. Adam and Eve were ashamed, but I got no shame to feel it right now because he died in my place. I said Jesus Christ was in the wrong place when he died. That's not his place to die. Amen. It was Barabbas' place to be there. He took Barabbas' place. That grave he was in was not his grave. He belonged to Joseph Arimathea. Hello. And the sins he'd been perishing for was not his sins. Everything that they placed on him was not his own. He borrowed it. And yet we chose to abandon him. Love to watch him oppressed. Lacerated. I saw a story I read before. In a magazine, this young girl, she went to nursing school in the early centuries. In those days, when you go, you're well favored. This mother who was so poor, she decided to put my kid through. She said, college but the mother was disfigured she was in a fire when her kid was born and she broke through the fireman barrier and ran in there and grabbed her baby and wrapped that baby in a blanket and ran through that building while she's running her hair caught on fire her clothes caught on fire and when she finally went to the door she collapsed and they rolled her and rolled her and took her to the hospital she lost her hair. She lost her beauty. But her kid kept hers. What a price she paid. And so she was determined that her daughter would have the best there ever will be. Her daughter grew up and realized our mom was not as attractive as she was, but she came out of her mother. And so the story is told how she finally got to go to this college of nursing. The time for her graduation comes. Her mom is aged and her mom showed up very old and tattered. Come to see her daughter who she so prized. But her mom is not very attractive now. She's ugly and old, decrepit. These young punks, graduates, said, hey, there's an old woman out there, a beggar trying to beg you for stuff, calling for you. Please send her away. See, this girl won the prize of the Miss Whatever of the college, Miss Beauty Pageant. She says, no, she's not just an old lady. Let me tell you who this woman is. Let me tell you about the look she has and the one I possess. She inherited that that I may have what I've got. I was the one that was in the flaming house. And she chose, she chose not to abandon me to the flames. And she rescued me. It cost her her hair, her beauty, and everything she had. She did that that I might keep mine. 
And that's my mother. That's my mother. And I'm going to tell you this morning, that's my God. That's my God. Would you stand? That is my God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed to say a prayer in the cafeteria. I'm ashamed because if you knew where he brought me from and where I am today, sometimes we Christians end up in some high position seat because of God. We didn't earn it. Come on now. We didn't merit it, but we get some high class job. We sit among aristocrats. I have in my training. I've worked with doctors and universities, scientific guys. I worked there before in Edmonton and all the place. Even before I came here, I met a whole bunch of them. But church, I want to tell you there was a day when God came in my upper room and rescued me from a death disease. He didn't have to do it. But he did, my friend. And I owe him praise. I can't curse him when others curse him. I can't blaspheme him when others blaspheme him. I can't deny him when others deny him. I can't reject him. I can't nail him one more time. I got to confess him and possess him and say, this is my God. Hallelujah. You will not be attracted to this church because of any fancy music we have. You hear it all the time, it's the best we can do. <laughs> we don't have no big mayors and doctors and philosophers around here. All we have is a simple Jesus. Just simple Jesus. That's all we can offer you. A simple Jesus. All we can offer you is the blood of Jesus Christ. The simple blood. Not Greek nor Hebrew or philosophy of men. All we can tell you is the word that was made flesh. I must confess I've got pictures to prove my wife married the ugliest guy she ever met in her life <laughs> I, I know where she come from I know where she's been if you don't believe me i got pictures to prove it hallelujah I mean I just I just aimed pretty high <laughs> the best looking girl there was in that church Ooh, huge church I mean, the preacher doesn't like me. The men don't like me. The saints don't like me. I'm not sure if she even like me either. <laughs> but I was ambitious. Hallelujah. I may be born ugly, I'm going to die ugly. Now, you know what they used to do? I used to watch this. Now, you guys don't do that because you guys are too smart for that. But in the Caribbean... You know, slim girl want to show how slim she is. We got the fattest girl to be her friend. So they walk downtown. There's a divine contrast. You can tell she's showing off her size. She won't stand in her legs to get one bigger than herself. She's going to look pretty good. But church, I'll tell you. I say I want to marry that girl. But this is, ooh, not her. You ain't going to get her. Even when I was getting married, the preacher was against it. You guys know he was against it. He didn't want it to happen. He did some things I tell you. I don't have the ghost, but I'm not sure which one he had. <laughs> Lord of mercy. 
I ignored him. What he's trying to do to me? I said, I came, I saw, and I conquered. The devil didn't want Jesus to take you and me. But Jesus says, I'll go as low as I can to leave nothing behind. And he picked you and me up. Satan got beauty, but no character. The Lord have no beauty, but divine character. I'll choose him again. What about you right now? Would you bow your heads right now? I choose you again and again. You mean so much for me, Lord. I'll choose him again. I'll choose you again. Let me tell you, tell you my affliction. I went to England. I had balls on my face, folks. I'm not exaggerating. As big as marbles, my entire face. You know those teenagers' problem that you have? Acne? I have them bad. My God, my God. And I couldn't get healed of them. You know what they said about my wife? Look what she went and picked up. That's me. That's me, folks. That's what angels are saying about you and me. What's the man that they are mindful of him? Who are those guys that you should be mindful of? Why you know this, Jesus? But God so loved you and me. He chose us. Hallelujah. I choose you again. I choose you again and again. I choose you Folks, let me tell you, you know, you can hide the pimples on your back and your chest. Hello? You can hide all the defects, but how do you hide your face? You can't. I couldn't hide it. I said, okay, God, take it or leave it, sister. What you see is what you get. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's how Jesus is. You take him as he is. As he is. Sing again. I choose him again. I choose him again. Lord Jesus. You mean so much to me. Much to me, 